Um, what's going on, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's been a few weeks. Um, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be, be being able to get back in a uh, routine. Did you have a good Christmas? Did you have a good New Year's? Yeah, brother came down from Wisconsin, so got to see him. Hung out with family. Saw some friends from high school, college that I haven't seen in a while. So yeah, it's been it was a good break. Yeah, see, you're still living in the you're living in the college lifestyle where you get like winter break and stuff like that, and and. When you go home for for Christmas, obviously you have the time around the the exact holiday that you're um, doing family stuff and everything like that. But most of the other time, you're either hanging. I don't know what your Christmas break was, but my my Christmas break was always like it was two weeks long or two and a half, three weeks long, or whatever the case was um, for when I was at Grandview, and I it goes like that because you're running around like crazy. But you get your you get Christmas and you get new year's with the family but other than that you're kind of hanging out with all your buddies that are back from christmas break and those are guys that i didn't get to see a lot especially i knew coming up with me being in playing baseball spring season i wasn't gonna see anybody because i was gonna <laughs> be gone the entire time but that's always fun man you get you get back with all your friends and everything like that and you catch up and see what everyone's up to and how crazy you know college life is and oh man well we got these bars and and you got to celebrate new year's eve for the first time as a 21 year old yeah, I didn't go out and do anything though. I kind of we were in um we had just gotten back from Missouri, my girlfriend and I. And then she worked and I was just kind of home, watched some TV. I mean, I had drinks at home, so had a few drinks, but yeah, I did. Going out on New Year's Eve kind of stresses me out. I feel like it's too much, too stressful getting back home. Because you don't know who was overserved or you know who's being safe or not. So right, yeah. So we, I was down in Kansas for Christmas. Um, went down. Kaylee and I went down to see her family and everything like that. And I got to shoot guns for the first time in my life, which was I thought was awesome. But I also got to shoot a crossbow, and I thought the crossbow was so much more cooler than shooting a gun. Uh, the crossbow was badass. And so much so, like, I thought about actually, like, one day buying one. And then Kaylee's like, what are you going to do with a crossbow here in downtown Des Moines? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to have one. Hey, are you going to be like Daryl from Walking Dead now? <laughs> I, well, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would do with it. Like, I, I want one, though. But, every, you know, every, you got to go to the shooting range. I, I can't just sit out on top of my balcony and, and, you know, put a target across the parking lot and try and hit it because that's dangerous. And, I'll have the cops called on me right away, like you know, five O told me. So don't want to avoid that because I don't want to be a problem. Um, but but yeah, we went down to Kansas for Christmas, and then New Year's Eve we had a couple people over to the apartment. Uh, Kaylee wanted to host a little shindig. That was our like kind of our it was our anniversary because last year we met on New Year's Eve. Um, we met at Beer Can Alley while I was emceeing. So while I was going up and off stage, uh, Michael Admire actually introduced me to Kaylee. And yeah, crazy. Well, happy all, late anniversary. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, but but yeah, so we celebrated. We had a, a couple friends over, and it was it was fun and and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, 2022. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Z has now moved on to his bigger position, and Justin and I, um, we do know kind of the way that this is going for our co-host. Um, there are some things that are. Kind of a done deal, but not kind of a done deal. So we know who the the next co-host will be in a sense. Um, it's just not official yet, and there's some things that need to happen. But it's going to be a uh, a fun addition 
to this show, and uh, it's going to broaden our horizon a little bit with with certain things. And and uh, I'm pumped for it. Um, but I'm yeah, Justin, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But me and you, we're holding down the fort right now uh, because that said, person one can't be here today, and then also um, some things aren't just quite official yet. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm very excited to see this new year for this show. I mean, I got into this yeah, show. Yeah, happy one year anniversary yeah. to you on this show. Yeah, I just realized that too. Like, <laughs> this is kind of my one year anniversary and I mean, it's been so fun and I just can't wait to see the show was, grow. What was, now that I remember that this has been a year for you, um, looking back at the last year, mm-hmm. did you think that it would go as well as it did? Did you did you were you really nervous? Did you have a lot of fun? Because um, this this is a different type show. Like everyone's got the Monday through Friday thing, and, and it's a couple hours. And we come in here for two hours once a week, um, and it's a lot happening at once, right? Like mm-hmm. you got you're trying to wrap up kind of a week's worth of stuff in one day while also previewing because a lot of the stuff that we cover happens on Saturdays or Sundays, right? So you're you're recapping, but you're also trying to preview a lot at the same time, and you only got two hours to do it. Um, What was your first year like? I mean, I wasn't really nervous. I think I sounded nervous because I was excited. (laughs) Like, I've been wanting to just talk sports on the radio, get my foot in the door, and kind of learn the ropes of broadcasting. So being a part of the show was awesome, and I, I... I don't know how to explain it. I was just super excited. Uh, it was very fun. And, yeah, it's just, it, I I don't know how else to explain it. It was just, it <laughs> well, was great. I'll tell you what, man. For, I was doing this show for a couple of years. There's Emery and I, and, and we didn't have a producer. And it made things, at least I thought on our end, a little bit more challenging from what we were trying to accomplish and what we were trying to do as a show. And being able to get you in here, Last year when we kind of made that, we made the switch. Emery went over to you know WHO and is doing his own show over there now and doing his thing. And we brought you know Z in to be my co-host, and it was nice to be able to get a producer because it kind of opened the door to where we could go and do some things. And obviously, we're still battling um, the pandemic side of things, right? So nothing is the exact same as it was when we started this show, but that's okay. We've adjusted, um, and people are adjusting. But, you know, we want to be able to get out and do certain things, especially come summertime, like possibly going down to farmer's market and all that stuff. And I know we've always been talking about it, but legitimately, like, we will probably be down at the farmer's market at some point next year. I, I truly believe that. Um, but we can't do that if we don't have a producer. And you've done a phenomenal job, man. And I know I've t- I tell you this all the time, but um, you make coming in here a lot more easier. And that's a good thing. Right, like, because trying to produce and host is not easy. It's not easy whatsoever. And Emery liked it. I hated it. I don't like it because I don't like. I want to be able to focus on one certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, you've done a great job. It's been a, it was a fast year, man. It was. It, it really was. And I was telling Kaylee this too. Like twenty twenty one flew by like that. Well, I kind of feel like from March of twenty twenty to now is all one year it doesn't feel like <laughs> we've had two years and no I, and you and z ad everyone was so welcoming and having a 20 now 21 year old kid letting 
me produce your show. I mean, it still blows my mind that I'm able to do this. So thank you. Yeah, we got a and we got we got an action packed show today coming up here at eight twenty. Joe Donald, play by play voice of the Minnesota Wild, is going to join us. And and it's funny, like we you know Z's no longer doing the show with us, and now we bring in an NHL guy to to break down. But you know what? Like we haven't talked to Joe in a long time, and and he got to do something really cool last week, and he got to do play by play for the Winter Classic game up in Minnesota, and that to me is something that. Um, is really badass. And just to catch up with Joe, see what NHL life is like, man, because it, it's, it's probably a hell of a lot different than, you know, what he was doing down here in Iowa. So we'll catch up with Joe. Uh, at 840, we'll do our NFL picks. We're, we're coming up on the last week of the season. And, uh, yeah, so Justin and I will break all that down. Nine o'clock, what a week it has been for Drake men's basketball. Um, you've had multiple games canceled, then you get a game scheduled today. They are down in Evansville. Michael Admire will, will join us at nine o'clock to talk Drake hoops. At at 9.20, Cole Bear, he, uh, he hosts the show Cole and Company on 1650 KCNZ. He covers UNI hoops. We're going to talk some UNI Panther basketball. So um, I know we don't talk a lot of UNI hoops. It's, it's mainly focused on Iowa, Iowa State, and, you know, obviously Justin and I have the Drake connection. So we'll cover Drake a little bit more. But you and I doing some things here um, lately. We'll, we'll see what, what's going on with the Panthers. Um, and then at 9.40, and this is going to kind of be an open-ended segment here to wrap up the show, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about the, the college football championship um, with Georgia and Alabama. Are we happy about it? Do we care? Blah, 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 all that fun stuff. Um, we're, we'll talk. We'll, we'll break down the national championship. But also, like, these bowl games. You know, and I know a lot of the shows Monday through Friday have talked about them. Are they worth it? What do we get out of them? This and that. Um, Players opting out. Players opting out. Were you paying attention to them all? You know this, all that fun stuff. So we'll talk and give our thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of be a hybrid type deal. But uh, going to be a fun show, man. I, I, I'm really excited to talk to Joe. Me too. Like, I mean, you sent me kind of the guest list, and I saw Joe there. I was like, okay, I need to start looking up my Minnesota Wild stats to, you know, question Joe and seeing what he did uh, this past week. I mean. It was pretty cool. Yeah, to be able to do a Winter Classic game, you know, I talked about this on my podcast with my buddies, but, like, what... Have you ever been interested in going to a Winter Classic game, Justin? Um, kind of. I remember, I think it was 2010 when it was the Penguins and Washington Capitals. Uh, HBO did, like, a whole mini-series kind of leading up to it, kind of getting you pumped up. So that got me into it kind of opened my eyes but then seeing how cold it was for the st louis minnesota wild game it's like eh, i'll just watch it from yeah, home so i had a couple of uh, my buddies went up to the game uh i have a buddy that works for the twins that was able to scoop some scoop some ticks and and uh i obviously i didn't go i had sound off to do last saturday on new year's day and i just here's the thing like i i love the iowa wild but i'm a i'm a blackhawks fan and yeah. so Going up and watching the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues in like negative twenty degree temperatures, I would have been a miserable human being. But it would have been cool for like the first ten minutes, and then I would have been like, okay, I would have worn my Blackhawks jersey. Like I would have been a jerk. I would have been a jerk, and no one would have wanted me there. Which is, you know, neither here nor there. But I've been interested in going to like the one game I was really interested in going to out of all the Winter Classic games. And I'm mainly focusing on the Blackhawks here because that's the team that I follow and root for. But 
Like, I didn't care when they played at Wrigley Field against the Detroit Red Wings. Didn't really care about that. Didn't really care that when they played at Soldier Field. The one game that I was like, man, if there's ever a Winter Classic game that I need to go to, it was when the Blackhawks played at Notre Dame. Yes, played in I remember Bay. that. Like, that was the one time that I was like, man, I really wish I made more money so I could go to this. Because tickets were like 700 to to $1,000. And it just, that wasn't in my budget. So it wasn't going to, wasn't going to happen. Um, but that was like the one winter classic game that I was like, man, I, I really got to go there. Like that would be so badass to go to Notre Dame in South Bend in January, snowing, Blackhawks are on the ice. Take you know, I forgot who they who they played that day, but it was a few years ago. Um, but that was like the one winter classic game that I really wanted to go to. Yeah, and I'm weird. I, I'm a San Jose Sharks fan, so I'm not even sure if they've played in a winter classic yet. So my team. I don't know, has played in one. So. They did one at Dodger Stadium, I feel like. Okay. A few years. I don't know if it was the Sharks there, um, but I know that there was a game played at Dodger Stadium, I believe. Look that up for me while you do that. Um, we got number 11, Iowa State, on the road today, taking on Oklahoma. Iowa State, six-point dogs. Does that surprise you a little bit, Justin, that Iowa State six-point dogs yeah, uh, they're one of the best defenses in the entire nation. Uh, yeah, Brockington. Healthy. It's got to be the offensive struggles, man. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, when you shoot, what what were they shooting? Made one, two threes. And they, uh, they made three three field goals in the second half last week. Pretty much in like the first fifteen minutes of the second half. Yeah, they were held scoreless. 15 minutes in, they had like three field goals. Yeah. So I think people are just seeing them, oh, they're done. They struggled. the game before that, they went one for 14 for three. But they still still competed with Baylor. They kept it close. Defense is going to travel. I'm Mm going to take, I mean, and these odds came from uh, DraftKings. I'm going to take Iowa State here. I am too. Plus six. I, that is, that's crazy to me. Over under set at one twenty eight. Uh, it's a one p.m. tip. I'm going to go Iowa State here plus six. I think traveling to Oklahoma will always be tough, but I I don't understand why plus six. That's a big, I, that's a big margin for me. It's a big margin for yeah. I, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent You and I on the road taking on Missouri State. Missouri State five point favorites. This Missouri State team is good. They, they looked, they they looked, looked really good. well against Drake. I watched the whole game. Um, God, what's the, the center's name? I can't remember his name. Uh, is it Pine? Something like so, that. Michael or Cole, no. Um, but he, he's a, just a stud, and he's annoying as hell, too, um, just from a, when you root against him. Um, and like we said earlier, Drake takes on Evansville today. That was a game. So today was supposed to be a really big day. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to be a really big day. And so Drake was scheduled to play Indiana State. There was going to be a Chantourage section at the Nap Center today. Um, that got postponed earlier this week, uh, Indiana State having COVID issues. So then they went from – and Drake also was supposed to play Wednesday against Southern Illinois. That got postponed because Southern Illinois was dealing with COVID issues. So in a week where they were supposed to have a few games, two get postponed, then like out of nowhere – all of a sudden, there's a schedule change, and the Bulldogs are flying down to take on Evansville today, um, which is this will. And I, I, I spoke with Michael. I think this is replacing what they would obviously be doing when they go down yeah. to play Evansville later on this season. 
Um, so this will take care of that. But at least we're getting a game in, man. What a wild week, though. Yeah, and we're just seeing it all across men's basketball. I mean, today it was announced that Michigan versus Michigan State, that has been postponed because Michigan has troubles with COVID in their department. And, I mean, credit to Drake. Some teams, you know, you could be like, all right, let's take this weekend off, kind of recoup. No, they want to play, man. Yeah, but they want to play, and they're going to – they're going to compete. I mean, they didn't look great uh, against Missouri State, but you have Penn back now. They're going to compete. That surprised me. I, I totally – I didn't think Roman would be back this early. Me either. I saw that, and I was happy, but then at the same time, like, whoa, okay. Yeah, they, it, obviously it's a good get to get back, but, um, yeah, they – God, they went one, from, one for 16 – and the only three coming from Roman Penn. One for 16 against Missouri State from, from behind the arc. And that, like we talked with Iowa State, right? Like The thing with Iowa State is their defense travels. Their defense is locked down, man. And they can, and not that Drake was out of that game. They obviously had a chance. They still had a chance, which shows you how good that team is. When they're, mm-hmm. if, if they can just have everything clicking at the same time. But that's been the problem this season is not everything's clicking at the same time. And their three-point shooting throughout the season has been really, really bad. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been up and down. Tucker DeVries, he'll either you know take really high-level shots. I think Tucker or, had no points. Yeah, he struggled. Missouri State. And then we're just seeing Drake struggle on the road as well. They're 1-1 one one on true road games, but 0-4 oh on neutral sites. They just can't win on the road. And if you can't shoot threes or win on the road, you're not going to succeed. Gage Prim. Uh, Josh Betts uh, tweeted at us. Gage uh, Prim. Prim, yes. Prim is the, yes, he's the center for, for Missouri State. He's the one. That dude, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. And, and he's also, he's like that player when you're playing. He's annoying. Oh, yeah. He's annoying. Like, I didn't think Darnell... Um, played bad against them at all. No. And he was still making just insane hook shots. And f- dude just shoots for the ceiling. Yeah, it was it was infuriating to watch. Uh, the Iowa Wild fell last night to the Grand Rapids Griffins 3-1. to one. They are at Chicago to take on the Wolves. 7 p.m. puck drop. You can catch that game right here on uh, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Des Moines Bucks fell last night to the Tri-City Storm 6-1. to one. They are home against Omaha this evening. So if you got nothing going on, eh, head on over to Buccaneer Arena off uh, off Hickman and see the Des Moines Bucks. When we get back, we'll talk to Joe O'Donnell, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild, formerly play-by-play voice, and uh, pretty much all things Iowa Wild down here in Des Moines. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Conditions apply. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Look at you, a little juicy wiggle. Okay. Uh, I When we first started playing that song, I was like, oh, that song's terrible. That sucks. I, it, you can't help but bop to it. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a vibe. Yeah. It's, it's a vibe for sure. And uh, I have to admit it. Yeah, and anytime you hear Juicy Wiggle, you automatically think of Iowa State and Iowa State uh, taking on Oklahoma today, 1 o'clock tip. Uh, Six-point dogs, according to DraftKings. So hop on that line early because uh, I think there's some – I think Iowa State covers that. But we're going to talk some hockey now. And uh, <laughs> I miss you so much. Joe O'Donnell, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> You talking to me or Justin? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking to the NHL play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild, Joe O'Donnell. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Nice to be on with you. A uh, little full send Saturday, huh? Oh yeah, full send Saturday. How how you been, man? Doing well. Um, doing really well. Thanks for asking. It's been a lot of fun so far this year up here with the big club, and uh, they got a huge win the other night in Boston. It was somewhat costly. With all the injuries I think the team suffered, we'll kind of know more in the coming days and weeks just how much of a toll the win took. But at least he got the two points and got back into the uh, into the victory column, and we'll see where it goes tonight, posting the caps here in St. Paul. What? Uh, okay, so you, you talked about the the game with Boston, and obviously there is a very controversial hit. What were your thoughts on that? And um, we had listeners tweet at us wanting to get your thoughts on the hit, and what um, was it? Kind of dirty, legal, illegal? It looked at the time, Sean. It looked questionable uh, when I watched it live and was calling the action, and then you know Kaprizov doesn't get up right away, so you're immediately concerned given all he means to this hockey team. Uh, and then as you go back and you watch it more, you see a screenshot. And granted, look, anything you slow down in sports or rewind, you can find stuff that you didn't see live. Um, but it was clear to me at the time, you know, that it was a vulnerable spot that Kaprizov is in and, and Trent Frederick really tries to run him over. And then the more I watched it, the more I just, I'm in agreement with the Minnesota side of things, and I'm not just saying that because I'm employed by them. Like it was, it was the hit that didn't need to happen. The puck was there. He's looking at Kaprizov's numbers on the back of the jersey, which is always a no-no when you're going to finish a check. And on top of that, in my opinion, like he didn't really try and pull off with that hit or that, you know, and make a play on the puck. He went to finish the player into the boards, and it was a dangerous hit. Now Kaprizov's not playing tonight. And I'd be surprised if he plays next weekend with the Wild having so much time off uh, coming up on the schedule. So we'll see where it goes, but definitely one that uh, Wild fans are upset about, and I believe they should be. So, Joe, you also were bringing up some injury issues in the Minnesota Wild. Nick, I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize. (laughs) Bugstad? Yeah, Bugstad. Oh, okay. I was close. There you go. I'll take there you it. go. <laughs> Just put a little Y in there. It's like a B-Y-O-O-G, Bugstad. Bugstad. All right. So upper body injury, he's out for six weeks. How big is that as well? Um, fairly big loss. A lot of it is because of just what he means to this team, I think, leadership-wise, culture-wise. Um, but look, at the start of the year, the line of Nico Sturm, uh, well, well, Brandon Duhame, the same there. And then the veteran Nick Bukestad, who's been around the block and, um, you know, is a guy that this organization leaned on a little bit last year, too, in some trying times. That line was one of the best fourth lines, if you will, in hockey. And at times, the Minnesota Wilds' best line through the stretch of the season to kick off the year where they were a really good team. So to not have been Nick Bukestad, you know, not just for a couple of games, but for a month plus, 
I don't know that you'll feel it like one game in or in tonight's game, but I think over the next six weeks, as he recovers from that um, upper body injury that he sustained in practice, no less, I think the Wild will feel that loss. Again, he, he brings a lot to the table. He can kill penalties if you need him. Uh, but he's just a dependable big body that knows his role and has been around long enough where he's just one of those cagey veteran guys that, that brings a good vibe to the locker room as well. So I think it's a, it's a somewhat underrated loss and probably be felt more over the coming weeks than you know in the interim. Joe, this team's 20-10 and 10 right now, 42 points, uh, four points back of the Nashville Predators. Are you surprised at, at the success of this team so far this season, or are you like, man, maybe we should be a little bit better? Where are you at right now as we as we sit here in January with this Minnesota team? It's an interesting question, Shawnee, because I think they were a little bit under the radar in a lot of people's you know national predictions and stuff. They were for me, at least. Yeah, and, but you know, coming off last year, they probably shouldn't have been because they had. Last year was the year for me where they snuck up on a lot of teams, where they surprised a lot of people in the condensed schedule, the interdivision schedule. Um, this year, I, I thought this could be a really good hockey team, and they came out of the gates like that. Now, we say it all the time in sports. Every team goes through injuries, and in today's environment, today's world, with all the COVID stuff we're going through as a society and a workplace, no matter where you work, everybody's experiencing this, where at some point your business your sports team, whatever it is, is going to get hit with it. And so the Wild right now have two players on the COVID list. They've got a bunch of guys injured. And it's just one of those stretches of the season they have to navigate through. The reason I'm confident they'll be able to is because it starts up top with the coaching staff and the leadership of this team. They don't ever seem to waver. They don't ever seem to get you know the proverbial too high or too low. So I think the depth of this organization, the leadership, the culture, the coaching staff, they're going to keep this thing on the, on the rails um, as they get through the next couple of weeks, I think this is a really good hockey team. I don't. I'm not surprised at all by the success they've had. Um, yes, when they were winning eight in a row and they were leading the NHL in points, I'm not going to tell you I predicted that. But as it was playing out, I could see why it was. And right now, they just need to get through these next couple of weeks, get some guys back. And the good news is they banked all those points early in the season. They have a little wiggle room if they scuffle here a bit, where they won't get crushed. They're not going to be points out of the wild card spot trying to climb out of a hole. They just got to stabilize here for a bit. I think they'll be just fine. So, Joe, is it possible for the next man up to be former Iowa Wild member Matt Boldy, who made his NHL debut uh, yesterday? Yeah, and I think it's going to be more than just Matt Boldy. I mean, they just recalled Kyle Rowell. Uh, Mason Shaw has come up this year and contributed. Uh, Adam Beckman had a great preseason. Look, I'm rattling off a third of the Iowa Wild. Yeah, stop Oscar taking all the fun out of Des Moines, Joe. All right? <laughs> that's, just, that's just the reality <laughs> of this thing. Uh, but, yeah, Matt Boldy is a stud. Anybody that watched him play in the American League last year or a brief stint this year because the poor kid kept getting hurt um, has seen that Matt Boldy is too good for the American Hockey League. And any time you – know, look, I spent 13 years in the AHL. When you see a guy and you know that he's way better than everybody else in that league, you know he's not going to be there for long, and I'd say 90% of the time they're going to be a, a contributor then at the NHL level. might not happen right away, but at some point they're going to find their footing at the game's highest level. I don't think it's going to take Matt Boldy long. Do I expect him to score every night in the NHL? Do I expect him to never go back to the minors or not have a bump in the road? No, because I've seen guys that are very talented come up, have an impact, 
have to go back, find their game a little bit, and then they come back up again. So who knows what Matt Boldy's path will look like, but this kid is a beast. Uh, he wants the puck on his stick. He's hard to take uh, away from the puck when he's got it. He's so good on his skates, on his edges. He's so big and strong in puck possession, and he loves to shoot. So I think he's going to fit in just fine up here. And the good news is him and Marco Rossi and these other Iowa Wild players that are coming up here, Connor Dewar, they're going to get a real opportunity. This isn't like six minutes on the fourth line. This is power play time. This is big time, big boy minutes, because right now the Wild have no other choice. And quite frankly, some of these guys have earned it. Joe, last Saturday you got to do something really cool, man. At least I think it's really, really cool. Um, you got yeah. to call a Winter Classic game, man, and and that is uh, it looked pretty badass. I had a couple buddies that went up to the game, um, and I know it was really cold. But what does that? What was it like calling a, a game outside in a baseball stadium, and just the 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 atmosphere and everything that goes with it? It was awesome. Um, it was really cool. Something I won't soon forget. I'm very grateful for the chance because, listen, you know, Minnesota's waited a decade plus to get this game. There's no guarantee they get it again in my tenure here or, or anybody's tenure here right. for that matter. So, um, you know, it's once a year. It's the NHL's biggest regular season stage uh, from a personal standpoint to think about just how big that game is and how few people actually broadcast it. That's really cool. I mean, Again, something that I might never get to experience. And it was so well done by the NHL, um, not only the target field and the twin staff, but just the way the National Hockey League put on that game, all the touches to make the rink have a Minnesota feel to it, the pond hockey behind the main surface where the two teams played, uh, the guys that were ice fishing out there, the natural snow. I mean, they didn't have to bring in snow for the game. <laughs> right. snow days prior, so... It was cold as hell and somewhat miserable, I'm sure, for the fans at times. But, man, it was fun. Just very well done by the NHL. I had a blast. It was like one of those things where when the game ended, you're like, man, like all that buildup and, and, and that's it. Now. It goes, you know, it like goes turn, quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you turn the page. But um, a lot of fun. And uh, it was a really awesome experience. I'm happy Minnesota got the chance to do that because, you know, that's when you think hockey, you think – of certain places and obviously Minnesota is one of those top places. Um, and Justin and I were talking about this and I've never really been so obviously I've always thought the winter classic is cool. It's awesome on TV, right? Like it is, it is yeah. super cool to watch on TV, but I've never really been too interested in actually going except for the one time I was actually like, man, that would be really cool if I could get tickets to this one was when Notre or uh, the Blackhawks played at Notre Dame a few years ago. Yeah. And that was like, man, that is killing two birds with one stone for me. <laughs> but, but yeah. is it, do you think it's like, it's, I don't know, being in a baseball stadium, does that make it better or does it need to be like in a football stadium? What do you think is the better atmosphere for that winter, for the winter classic? Well, I'll say this. When I was doing my research for the game, the NHL had a great job of laying things out, like where previous outdoor games had been and, that Winter Classic last weekend, a week ago today in uh, Minneapolis, was the 33rd all-time outdoor game. And far and away, if I remember right, baseball stadiums lead the pack mm. uh, as far as venues hosting outdoor games for the NHL. And I think it's just a sightline thing. Um, I think there's probably a number of factors that go into that. On top of that, they're not being used this time of year, so way easier to come in the middle of December and spend two, three weeks setting things up. I heard, and I, I don't 
know this to be true, but the source I got it from is very reliable. And it cost the NHL about $10 million to put on a winter classic. Um, so it's a big, yeah. big time event. And, you know, you're on TNT, a national stage. So the NHL tries to get it right. And I, I really do think it's hard to feel to Minneapolis. And that whole scene was, was just awesome for it. Um, the fans turned out in droves. I mean, look at the last week for the Minnesota Wild. They were on TNT in the Winter Classic, which they hosted, and knocked out of the park despite losing the game. No pun intended. <laughs> and then Thursday night, Thursday night or Wednesday night, whatever night it was, I'm losing track. In Boston, they're on ESPN, and not like hidden on Hulu, like ESPN, where you know you're in the barber shop and the game was on, or you're in a restaurant and they have the TVs on. Like it's a huge week exposure-wise for this organization on some pretty big stages. So. Really cool there for the organization. Um, you know, Sean, man, I don't know, like the Lake Tahoe games last year I thought were really cool. They were essentially on a golf course. Um, at, unfortunately, yeah. the sunlight was shining through, kind of ruined the ice surface there. There's been games where it's rained. Um, you know, the Big House in Michigan hosted one. Uh, Wrigley Field, I believe, once Yeah, Wrigley. Time. Yeah, they hosted you know, the uh, the Blackhawks and Red Wings. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, baseball stadium probably makes the most sense given several factors, but I don't think the NHL rules anything out um, as far as venues and getting creative. And, you know, the, the league now is shifting its focus to Vegas for the All-Star game, which is really cool. So um, a lot of good stuff with the NHL, their marketing and events department doing a great job. And uh, after the Vegas All-Star game, they've got more outdoor games to get ready for. So it's almost just like a, a traveling circus there where, they take all their trucks to one spot. They break it all down. They get ready for the next big event. It's like the WWE traveling for like yeah. Monday Night Raw and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just keep it moving. And, yeah. and listen, the NHL needs this um, for sure. Well, you know, and it's it's a growing it's a growing sport in that regard. And I and we talk about it, a growing sport, but there's you know they changed from having the games on NBC Sports Network and and yeah. everything like that. So now the the games broadcasting on TNT and ESPN. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think it, it, it's it's still a little weird for me. Um, yeah, I think I know it's better, right? I, 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 I at least I believe it's better um, having the games on TNT and ESPN. Like you said, you, you go to a bar and, and a bar has ESPN on. Well, guess what? The Minnesota Wild are playing right there. You don't have to go to NBC Sports Network or whatever the case is to try and find it. It's right there on one of the biggest on the biggest sports channels in the world. Do you think that helps? Yeah, helps grow the game. It, it has to. It has to. Um, that's why the NHL, I'm sure, was so willing to jump back in bed with ESPN after so many years of not being on the network. I mean, my childhood was ESPN hockey and a lot of ESPN too. Those West yep, ESPN too. Yep. Sharks King, you know, Sharks Kings games. That, man, they were on every night on ESPN too. It felt like and um, NHL Tonight with Bill Pito and I mean John Butcher Gross's start. You know, back in the day. I mean. NHL on ESPN in the 90s was a thing, and uh, I'm glad it's back, but I'm not seeing a lot of good feedback, if I'm going to be honest with you, from especially on the Twitter the Twitter side of things. Um, I haven't watched a lot because, quite frankly, most of the ESPN games have been ESPN+. Plus. They've only had a few games on their network, including the Wild Bros the other night, which, again, I think that was pretty cool that it worked out that way, but TNT, from what I'm hearing, and from what I've seen, is doing a better job. They hired hockey broadcasters. Kenny Alberts, you know, for the most part, a hockey guy, as much as he does other sports, he's got a lot of experience doing hockey. Brandon Burke, 
is a hockey broadcaster. Those are the guys they brought in. ESPN sort of kept things in-house. Um, I don't know too much about their production team, but everything I'm seeing is that there's been a lot of pushback on the ESPN intermissions. Uh, put it this way, Wild fans the other night were not big fans of the ESPN broadcast. So maybe I'm a little jaded there from the comments I see, but uh, from what I've gathered, TNT has done a better job so far if I was polling the Twitter world as to, as to what the marks are early on for ESPN and TNT covering hockey. Talking to Joe O'Donnell, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild. And Joe, let's look at the next three games for the Wild. They have a tough three-game stretch. Capitals, Ducks, and Avalanche. And, I mean, two of them are at home, Capitals and Ducks. But these teams, 20-6, and 18-11, and 20-8. How do you think the Wild favor in this next tough three-game stretch? Great question, Justin. I even look at the Boston game, too. I mean, they're coming off the Winter Classic, which is a tough game, you know, just because of the environment, the ice conditions, all the all the hoopla around the game, your friends, uh, family and friends coming in from all over. Like, it's a, it's a giant distraction with a hockey game sort of in the middle. Um, and the Wild were winless in five going into Boston the other night. So they needed that gutsy road win, even though it might have cost them some bodies uh, on, the injury, on the injury chart there. But these next three games are huge. The Caps, um, as good as they get, I'm excited to watch Alex Ovechkin tonight. I've never called a game with him. I don't know if I can even remember seeing him play in person. I think, gosh, maybe almost 15 years ago I might have seen him play in person. But the Caps got beat last night, St. Louis 5-1. to one. So you know they're going to be a bit spicy uh, in the back of a, you know, second of a back-to-back. Anaheim has definitely been a team that surprised some folks. Um, they're rolling right now and playing good hockey. They're right in the middle of a contention for a playoff spot. And the Colorado Avalanche are right back to where everybody thought they were. It took a while to get them going this year, but they're one of the top teams in the league. They still have games in hand on a lot of the teams, which is why they're not probably leading the Central Division. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough stretch, which is why a couple minutes ago I go back to it. The Wild have to tread water here. I know the coaches will never say it. The players will never say it. But a 500 stretch over the next six, seven games here is not a terrible thing as you try and get healthier. Good stuff, Joe. Appreciate you coming on, man, and, and keep crushing it up in Minnesota. It's it's fun being able to watch you live out a dream. I can tell you that. And and seeing it on Thanks, social Connor. media and everything like that, dude. It it's uh it's a blast. Obviously I still wish you were here, but uh I know you're you're doing big things up there, man. I am enjoying it, um, so thank you for that. And uh, I, I do get back to Des Moines a bunch because Karen and the boys are still living in Milwaukee. We got to get them moved after the school year. So I do. Joe still owes me a beer. Transitioning back and forth, and uh, I do owe you a beer, and you owe me a trip up here for a Minnesota Wild game with the uh, the pregame crew. So uh, I will say it again on the record before the season ends. Let's get you guys and your listeners up here for a game. Or if you say screw the listeners, just you guys. I'm fine with that too. Do a little Minnesota trip. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it work. We'll figure something out, buddy. But uh, have a have a good call tonight. Uh, while taking on the Capitals, and good talking to you as always, bud. Sean and Justin, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too. Joe Donnell, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, g- good stuff, man. It's just it's uh, obviously you know we don't 
focus a lot on hockey, but to be able to get a breakdown like that and to be able to talk to now a NHL play-by-play voice um, and who got to do something really cool last weekend, and, and that was the Winter Classic. It's, uh, it's always good to do. Um, and obviously we all know him here because he was the play-by-play voice for the Iowa Wild. When we get back, Justin and I, we're going to break down the NFL. We are in the final, final week of our NFL picks here. We'll, uh, we'll pull up the DraftKings Sportsbook, and we'll go through some odds and uh, make our selections on uh, what is a full send Saturday, and I guess tomorrow, full send Sunday, if you're talking NFL. Saturday morning pregame, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. This weekend, let's go. It's time for full send picks on KXNO's Saturday morning pregame. All right, I've pulled up the DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's uh, let's go over some games, Justin. Let's let's make our picks here as we enter the final week of the NFL regular season. Kansas City on the road taking on the Broncos. Chiefs ten and a half point favorites. Over under forty four and a half. I like the Broncos here. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I like the Broncos because, like, what are the Chiefs playing for here? I mean, the Chiefs can still get that first seed. Yeah, but... That whole AFC, I think the Chiefs have a lot to play for. But that Broncos pick isn't bad. Last time Denver was a 9-plus underdog, they actually won. They beat the Cowboys earlier this year when they were 10-point underdogs. But I'm going to give me the Chiefs. They they want that first round bye. And that game's today at 3.30. Yes. Um, also tonight, Dallas taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, they clinched a playoff spot, right? Are, yeah, and yeah. you're going to see them rest Jalen Hurts and yeah, some starters. Cowboys four point favorites. I'll take I'll take the Eagles at home. Like it's just one of the, it's going to be one of those weird games. Night game, Philadelphia. Somehow, some way, every year they start off the year like five games under 500, and then end up like you know eight and eight or whatever the case is, and they're they're in the playoffs somehow magically. It's every single year. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But somehow they back themselves into the playoffs. That is such a good point. I've never really you noticed. You think about that, yeah. though? Like, they suck in the first two months of the they year. They always suck in the first two like months. Like, they're three, four they're games there. under five. And then all of a sudden, January hits, and they go, and Philadelphia with a win today can clinch a playoff spot. And you're like, how? <laughs> how? I'm going to still go with the Cowboys. That defense is pretty good with Mika Parsons. So give me the Cowboys. Okay. All right. All right. Tomorrow, that we're not going to go over the Washington Giants game because that's poo-poo caca. Um, Packers, they've already wrapped up the one seed. They're playing the Lions. That's boring. I'm not. We're not going to pick that one. Um, interesting game is, uh, excuse me, Bengals-Browns. It's a, it, there's yeah. no playoffs, but like it's, a, it's an Ohio game, right? Like That's the other thing, too. Like When you get into the last game of the season, it's hard to... Uh, Want find games that are because a lot of things are settled, right? Well, yeah, usually things are settled, and you know you start seeing teams sit people. Bengals are probably going to sit Joe Burrow. Well, they have to. Burrow and Mixon are out with COVID issues. Oh, yeah. See, look at it. Leave it for the fantasy guy. Are you still, are you guys still going? <laughs> uh, we have one more show. Our final show of the year will be on Monday. Okay. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh taking on the Ravens. Um, God. Well, for who who you picking for Bengals Browns? I'll take I'll take the Browns. I'm gonna go with the Bengals then. And then I feel like this is a toss up game, so I'll go Bengals. All right, Pittsburgh taking on the Ravens. Pittsburgh three point favor or three point three and a half point dogs on the road taking on Baltimore. Give me the Steelers. I like the Steelers as well. 
uh, Watt just needs one and a half sacks to beat Strahan's single season sack record. And Strahan had 16 games to do it. Watts only played him 14. Carolina taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers eight-point favorites at home. <laughs> Over under at 41 and a half. I'll take the Bucs here. Yeah, give me the Bucs. They've had a, a weird week mm-hmm. with all the Antonio Brown drama and all that, just whatever that nonsense and was plus, last weekend. we're in January. Brady becomes a different person. Yep. Uh, New England Patriots on the road taking on the Miami Dolphins. Patriots six and a half point favorite over under at 40. I like the Patriots here. I like the Patriots as well, but the Dolphins have won five straight home games and Miami has four and two versus the Pats lately. So, Look at you I don't just know. Dropping out stats. This game has a lot of meaning here. Um, Sunday afternoon game, 49ers on the road taking on the Rams. 49ers, four and a half point dogs over under 44 and a half. The 49ers win there in the playoffs, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take the 49ers here. I'm going to go with the Rams. That defense is so good and Stafford, Cup. It's hard to root or pick against the Rams at home. Uh, Sunday, na- Sunday afternoon game. Seahawks on the road taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals obviously gearing up for what is to hopefully be a, a long postseason run. Uh, J.J. Watt said that he's coming back and playing. I don't know if it's this week, but he'll be ready for the postseason. Yep, and then they'll have Hopkins hopefully ready for the postseason Cardinal, as well. Cardinals five-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I'm going to go Cardinals as well. Murray, that offense is pretty good. And Seahawks defense, no Wagner. Wagner is out for the season now. I love that you just drop stats. You should just pen drop in. All right, Sunday night football. This will wrap up the regular season here for the NFL. Chargers, three-point favorites on the road, taking on the Raiders over under 49. Give me the Chargers here. I like the Chargers as well. Really good game, and you love stats. Here's one for you. Since 2015, a home team in its final primetime game of the season has gone 0-5 and and outright and 1-4 and against the spread. Eagles covered versus Washington last season. Look at you. Look at you. Justin, you think this has been a fun regular season? It has been. It's been really interesting. I mean, teams who were picked to compete in their divisions kind of didn't. Like my Seahawks, they were, everybody thought, all right, you got you know, young Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson. Russell Wilson made the big hoopla in the in the yeah in, in the or last off season. He was like, you know, what are we doing here? And he had some teams who started off crazy hot, like the Chargers were a team that everybody was all right. They could compete. fun team to watch. Yeah, and now they're nine and seven in a tough game against the Raiders. Bills, everybody Super Bowl pick, and now are they? Going to be a third, fourth seed. Where are they at? So, yeah, I think it's been a. I think there's been a lot of, as always, the NFL is just like a. It's a reality. It's like the NBA too. It's like reality television yep. all the time, right? And the Antonio Brown stuff this past week has just been one of the wilder things um, that I've ever seen. But, uh, but yeah, NFL playoffs kick off next week. It's going to be fun. We're going to break it all down. We'll make our our. Our playoff predictions, our Super Bowl predictions, that all happen next Saturday. I uh, I don't even know who I'm going to go with, to be honest with you. It, it sounds terrible to say, but it's too early. It's I too need early. to know who's in the playoffs. I like Green Bay. I like Green Bay. I, that might that might be where I'm leading. You're going to you're going to pick against Brady? 
No, see? See? Can't go against Tommy. <laughs> All right, when we get back, we'll talk some Drake hoops. They've had a crazy week as well. Michael Admire, play-by-play voice, will join us here coming up next.